You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The base of our sermon this morning comes from the 15th chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, verses 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man eats with sinners, receives sinners, and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he gathers together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is more joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Please be seated. I was rather amazed. Back in the day when I was in full-time ministry at Zion, at the entryway to our school was a lost and found container. And that lost and found container usually had a number of items, those lost items of clothing. And the thing was, they weren't simply these old outdated items. Many were nationally known brands of coats, jackets, sweaters, sweatshirts, hoodies, and so forth. Some had the Nike logo on them or an Under Armour logo on them. They were lost, not found, for sure. And all the items belonged to one of the students at the school. And as I saw that and I walked by that many times, I wondered how in the world children could forget a coat or a jacket or a sweater and so forth. But then I also wondered, how could parents not wonder where their children's high-priced clothing had gone? But by then, perhaps by the time the parents realized they were lost, maybe the child had outgrown it and they just forgot about it. But one thing for sure, some of these items of clothing could not in any sense find their owners. If the owners didn't care, no one else would care. And I often wondered whether or not the parents or child would dig through that box looking for that item that was lost. And at that school, about the last couple of weeks, they would get out some tables and they would empty out that box and they would spread all the items on the table, hopeful, hoping that they would be claimed. But you know, oftentimes over half of the items just remain on that table. 
and then they were donated to like Goodwill or ARC or some other charity. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories about being lost, <clears throat> two of which I read about a few minutes ago. The first two are about lost items that could not find their way back. The third story in that chapter is about a person, a prodigal son, who did find his way back, and a surprise awaited him. Now, to be truthful, the stories that we hear from Jesus today are not about being lost, but about the attitudes of people who found it abhorrent that Jesus would eat with persons who were repelled by the religious folk of the day. If you believe that Jesus was a holy man, how in the world could that person eat with people who, from everyone's point of view, were obviously not trying to stay within the boundaries of God's law? What kind of folks were these that Jesus was eating with? Well, some are prostitutes. And then there were tax collectors, those persons who collaborated with a hated Roman government. And there were others who had to work with food items that were considered filthy by the religious leaders. And others, no doubt, were people who were homeless, beggars, persons with mental disorders, and so forth. And so we come to Jesus and his purpose for arriving in this world. In Luke 19, it says, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And I can tell you, lost is no fun at all. It's lonely. It's foreboding. It's a desperate condition. Now, what I'd really like to know is, does that describe any of you? Does it tell me something about who I am or who I was? Do the people around you look lost? Do the people around you need saving or rescue or however you want to put it? Well, I hope not. I hope all of you have been found. I pray that all of you have caused angels in heaven to rejoice, to, to have a great celebration. And perhaps even more importantly, I would hope that each of you would seek the lost. Because the lost don't know that they're lost. They think their condition is normal. They walk the walk, they talk the talk, they, they judge the world around them thinking, why on earth do they need a savior? As a result, they would perish if not found or be useless and discarded. That would be nice to think that we were never lost. We like to imagine that we always had some value in us some value by ourselves, some good that we could boast about before God. And this whole concept that 
You and me being lost is probably as foreign to us as some exotic bird in the Amazon jungle. That may be others, we may think. That's simply not us. But I have to tell you, that is you and me. Like sheep, we have gone astray and cannot find our way back. You know, a sheep is a pretty dumb animal. It also follows its instincts wherever they may lead. And if a shepherd doesn't go after a lost sheep, one of two fates is in store for them. Either they'll be killed by wild animals or they'll starve to death. You see, you and I never did belong. The lost sheep belonged. The lost coin belonged. They were precious, important, worthy by the fact that they belonged to someone. You and I, by nature of our existence, belong to the Heavenly Father. We are made in the image of God as we're Adam and Eve. And like Adam and Eve, we wandered off thinking and believing that we know what is right and we know what is wrong. But we have no clue because we have been deceived by the great deceiver, the devil, the snake in our lives. And as with Adam and Eve, the Creator will not abandon us to the ends we deserve. He's going to come after us. He sent Jesus into this world for us. And it was worse than that, of course. Jesus came, and throughout his life, he fought against the results of man being lost. He healed the sick, the mentally challenged, healed all kinds of diseases. He had the little children come to me, children who have little value in that time because most of them did not live past the age of 10. He took them in his arms and he blessed them. And he did not go after his own, only his own kind of people. He heard the pleas of a foreign woman and healed her daughter. He healed the servant of a hated Roman official, a slave to this man. It's almost impossible to believe, isn't it? But it was even more impossible is that he came after you. He came after you through parents and friends and teachers and pastors and sought you out. Many of us he found when we were helpless infants and took us back into his family through holy baptism. And there was rejoicing that day, rejoicing with the angels and the whole company of heaven who sang their alleluias to the Lord when you were baptized. Just as they are singing today on the occasion of Lucy's baptism. It gives restoration to the family, to the sheepfold, the coin collection, if you will. The journey to restore us was not without cost to him. He took the insults of many, the cowardice of others, the injustice, the pain, the brutality 
with which we treat each other, the words which cut straight through the heart, the mocking, and then the dying, and the death, and then the grave. And then rising out to tell us all that death is not the end. That the grave is not the final resting place. That the oblivion of death is not ours. But we live again. Because he lives. We too shall live. I wonder what the celebration in heaven was like when you were lost and were found. I wonder if we rejoice when persons are baptized, when the person who didn't know anything about Jesus is given faith through our witness or the witness of others. The church is the worship. It's worship of the taste of that heavenly banquet. Here we rejoice. We rejoice because though we deserve nothing but death and eternal punishment, we have been found. We have been brought back. We have been brought back by, into the arms of the Father. Brought back to be brothers and sisters of Jesus. Back by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's no one. And I mean no one who is so lost that he or she cannot be found by the power of the dynamic clout of the good news of Jesus and his love. Because the worst sinner can be found. The most hated person in society today is a lost sheep, a lost coin, just waiting to be found. And this is difficult, I think, for us to imagine. We who live where we live and have what we have. It just so happens to be the truth. The truth of those two stories that Jesus tells us today. Lost and found. That's you. That's me. That's all people. Jesus tells us to go and seek the lost. He says, don't wait. Now is the hour. Now is the appointed time. For you see, the lost can be found. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpass all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.